Hello podcaster, it's Charlie here bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. Today I am joined by me. Yes, I'm doing a solo episode today and a Q&A episode answering some of the most common questions I get asked. Now, if you do have a question you would like me to cover on this show, then please make sure to reach out to me and email me directly so I can get your questions and answer them as best I can. So I'll make sure to put my email or a link to where you can contact me uh, wherever you're looking at this episode. In the episode itself today, we're going to be covering some topics which I think are incredibly important for podcasters such as why I do a video show and if it's really worth it. Are paid ads worth it to grow a podcast? Why I do a custom intro like the one you are listening to right now for each and every episode and is it worth publishing more than three podcast episodes per week? So great quality questions there. Of course, you will get the answers to those as you continue through this episode. But before we start the episode, I just want to encourage you to subscribe to the show if you are listening to this and please come over to valamedia.com and check out the resources we have there. We have some fantastic guides and resources there that will help you grow your podcast. Now let's head into this Q&A episode. And of course, guys, if you do have a question, I'll remind you again, send that over to me and I will cover it on the show. Let's dig into some questions. Charlie, why do you do a video podcast? What do you record? What do you use to record your video podcast? Great question. I've had a number of people reach out to me who are doing audio podcasts who are considering making the jump. And I've had a number of people who are starting from scratch considering if it's worth doing video from the start or why you would do one or the other. So it's a very, very common question and something I'll express my opinion on and point of view. So actually, I'll start with the second part first. What do I use to record video? So there's two things I particularly use. Now, number one is Zoom. So whenever I do a interview recording online, I use Zoom to actually record that. The reason I use Zoom is it allows me to record in HD. And they also, when you are making that recording, you can record separate audio tracks for each person. So really convenient from the point of view is I get a good quality video and it's a fantastic backup for my audio. Now for my audio, I actually record using Reaper. I quite like Reaper for the point of view that it gives me a really high quality file in the RAWs and it's all very simple to use. And this is really one of the things that I um, put a lot of, I suppose, value in is I want things that are easy to use. Everything I use in podcasting, I want it simple and convenient so that I'll do it more. If it was really inconvenient for me to record video and it was really hard work, I just wouldn't do it and I would get lazy with it. And that's what I feel happens to a lot of podcasters who do video is they make it way too complex to do it and then they do it rarely and then ultimately it doesn't work for their business. Now, the better question is, why do I do video? And this goes back to quite a number of years ago. When I was looking at the podcasting space, it became very apparent to me that the audio, um, I suppose, 
all of the audio podcasts have become incredibly saturated. I noticed that by the iTunes stat, there was like 700,000 podcasts and everyone was doing audio. And when I looked at that, I wanted to kind of do something different and really go to where podcasting's future is. And I believe the future of podcasting is video. Now we've seen a number of big names do video successfully. People like Joe Rogan, people like... Um, Tom from Impact Theory, Tom Bailu, I think is how you say his name. And when I saw these shows and the success of where they're going, I just went to this and said that it's going to be much easier for me to compete if we do video. It's going to make my show unique. It's going to make my show stand out. And I believe this is what is going to allow me to have a lot more success in podcasting than if I just do an audio show. And overwhelmingly, the answer to that is yes, it has made a big difference. Video has helped us a lot to stand out and get noticed and get show growth much easier. Now, the second component of this is leverage. Now, if you do a video podcast, it opens up what you can do with your podcast. For example, now that I have a video file, I can put my interviews on YouTube. If I have a video file, I can break it up into little short clips and then I've got short videos. So it really opened up so many more ways to leverage the content I'm making. So rather than trying to record these things separately, I can just make like one podcast and leverage that into so many more pieces of content and it allows me to be on so many different channels. So that was a huge reason as well. And then lastly is the market marketing component. So my belief and what I've seen over the last year is that the social platforms particularly are hungry for video. And I noticed when podcasters would put up like an audiogram or perhaps would put a link to iTunes or a link to the show is that those types of posts weren't getting any reach at all. They were being very restricted by the platforms and it was a really ineffective way to grow your podcast. Where if you look at people making short videos, the social platforms were opening up to it. So I know I'm going to have dramatically more success marketing my podcast on social media if I do video. And this ties into the next component. If you're someone who wants to use paid ads to grow your podcast, then video ads are absolutely killing it in that department as well. So for me, the most effective marketing channels to grow a podcast in 2020 have definitely been the paid channels. So doing video is a essential to being able to do things like Facebook ads and Twitter ads well. That's where we've been able to do really well in our own shows. But then again, I just feel like video is such a winner. It is the future of podcasting. So if you're wanting to go quick, if you're wanting to be on more social platforms and have more leverage, then I would really encourage you to consider doing a video podcast rather than just an audio one, because I feel those days it's just much harder to compete. And I like to really be on the edge of what this industry is doing. Okay, next question. Are paid ads worth it for podcasting? Is organic dead? Now, this is a really interesting question. It's something I've been thinking about a lot in recent times, and I want to express why. If you were going to go back five years ago, I think it was very viable that you could grow an astronomical podcast organically on social media. I really do. But if you look towards today, if you were to use that exact strategy, I think you would have a very hard time. And I don't think anyone would disagree with me on this is the social platforms have just changed in such a massive way. And I think this makes me a little bit nervous on the future of organic and how that's going to be done. So what I would say here is organic can 
definitely still be part of your podcasting strategy, but it wouldn't want to be the one you rely on. So specifically, social media organic is something you want to have diversification from. Now, I still do it today. It certainly does drive some success in our show, but week to week, the reach can be drastically different depending on what's working in those channels. So what I would recommend is when we say organic, I think you have to consider other organic methods as well. And we consider organic might be that you start going on other podcasts as a guest that you would get your guests who are on your show to promote their episodes, that you might sponsor other podcasts or do things with other shows or collaborate with other podcasts organically. So that type of organic strategy definitely works today and definitely is something that drives results in our show. So if you're someone that's maybe used to doing social media, incorporating some of that stuff, which is free, can make a huge difference as well. But overwhelmingly, the paid channels do work. If you want to do well on social these days and you're making great content, then really the way you should be thinking about paid ads is a pouring petrol on the fryer. You're getting your podcast in front of more people, which is going to help it grow faster. Now, it's not really any surprise that, of course, the social platforms look after those who pay them. Now, if you're someone spending money on these platforms and you're giving it to those channels, you are rewarded with more reach and then those dollars ultimately drive uh, revenue and profits in that business to please shareholders. So my opinion on this one here is that if you want to succeed on social, then paid should be a part of it. You should really look at using these channels to get your show out there further. Now, of course, you need to remember that if you are doing these things, you want to drive them to things you own. So for example, building your podcast subscribers, building your email list are very, very important. But I think paid ads are very important with the future of podcasting. And I just think about this, you don't need to be in one camp or the other. I've done a podcast recently with Will Wang talking about this. You can mix some of these and do some of the, um, do some from organic, do some from paid and collaborate. And that's what I think is going to become more important as well. Like mixing the strategies, not being in one camp or the other. You will do some paid, you will do some organic, and that's ultimately going to be the best way to drive growth in a podcast. Okay, I'll admit it. I laughed when I read this question the first time because I have been there and I have experienced this. So this is one that is never fun. And if it becomes a common theme on your show, it's going to cause you some difficulty with uh, generating sales and leads from your podcast. Charlie, I feel like I never get to talk when I do interviews. I just ask questions. And this is really common. I've listened to many podcasts where essentially the host of the podcast isn't the star of the show. And that's a big mistake. What it is, is they're like a reporter and they're just getting all the gold from someone else. So they're never adding any value to their own show. And not only that is the other person is talking so much that they never get a chance to really shine. So the hard truth you have to face in this scenario is that it comes down to your interviewing skills as a host and how you've set up this interview to go well. So if you're jumping onto a podcast interview and you're really passive and you're just sitting there firing questions and not adding value, that's what your podcast episodes are going to turn out like. Now, definitely as a host, you've got to ask questions and drive conversation, but there's other things you need to be paying special attention to. And I want to give you some ideas and some hints so 
this can go better for you. Number one, before you do your podcast episode, before you hit the record, it's really important that you let your guest know that the way you like to do podcasts is conversational and you are included in the conversation. This isn't going to be an interview where you just ask them questions and there's no other follow-up content from there. Now, just by making your guests aware that they're not going to hog the mic, so to speak, can make a huge difference in them in the way they respond to your questions and the way they communicate in and feed off each other. I've had a tremendously more success in setting that type of expectation before it starts than letting people go off on tangents and rants like they may have on other podcasts because they think that is the way to behave. So point one is set some expectations with your guest of like what you want the podcast episode to be like. Point two is that when you ask your guest a question and they give you that answer back, the worst thing you can do is just go into your next question. What is a really powerful way to have a part in the conversation and show your expertise is to then add an example in or a demonstration from that, or perhaps tell a story about how you've encountered something similar and how you've approached it. I think it's really important that you make sure you're adding value to the answers that are provided or asking deeper questions that make sure they show you understand how to do this well also. And these are some of the things that really matter when it comes to hosting a podcast. If you're going to be the podcast host, you've also got to be the star of the show. And I want to give you a really good example. Now, of course, please go listen to my previous podcast episodes because this is something I actively do in the way I ask and answer questions. You'll very much be able to tell that I do the things I've spoken about here so far. But another really good show to check out on this topic is Super Fast Business, hosted by James Shramko. And James does an amazing job of when he interviews people also adding value to that conversation and sharing experiences that he's had which then add more value to that conversation as well so really good examples you can go and have a listen to that will help you understand that further the next thing i'll say is for a lot of people when they interview a guest all they do is agree with them and this can be really frustrating if you're a listener of the show or even conflicting in the idea that you might have had someone on who's, I'm going to use a, a polarizing example here. One week you might've had a vegan on and you just agree with everything this vegan says. And then in the next week you might have a carnivore on and you just agree with everything the carnivore says, but your audience then feels conflicted because they go, well, didn't you just agree with the last person? And then now you're just agreeing with this person, like it actually sets you up not to be the trusted source of information. So when you are a host, it's really important to have a stance of what you believe in. Don't just agree with your guests, question the things they bring up as truths for them, and also be okay with disagreeing. If they say something you don't agree with, make sure you mention that this isn't something you would necessarily do and give your reason because this helps your audience understand your points of view and what you stand for and why you potentially are the right right person for them to work with um, instead of the host or instead, sorry, instead of the guest or instead of someone else that has a different business. So you've got to be willing to be you as a podcast host. I have some very strong views on podcasting that some other podcasts won't agree with, and that's fine. I've formed my own opinions and it's very intentional. There might be some stuff working for them over there, but I'm very, very clear on what I believe in in podcast based on what's working for me and working for the clients at Vela Media. So, I mean, this answer did come out a bit 
ranty on a few things from here. Probably something I will make a full-length episode about how to be a better podcast host or how to drive conversations that really make you shine on the episode and not be someone who's passive or even worse, uh, detrimental to the health of the podcast. But I'll wrap this one up here and I'll get into the next question. Charlie, why do you do a custom intro for every podcast episode? Um, I think this is in reference to the idea that many podcasters maybe have a jingle and a voiceover and it's just the same on every episode and then it just goes into their main content or maybe their interview depending on the podcast. And when it comes to my show, The Business of Podcasting, for each and every episode, I actually record an introduction separately and then I place that before my main piece of content. Now, the reason I do that, and this is, I think, something important for a lot of podcasters to consider, and if you're not doing this, this may be a reason to consider changing it is that often when I do a podcast interview, the interview itself will go in a direction that I didn't expect. So even though I've prepared really well for an interview and I've got a line of questioning, the guest might say something and I'll absolutely want to dive into that. I'll know that's gold or something more important to dig out of this person. But if I've already made the intro in live time in this interview, then there's no way for me to tell people that is coming because the intro was already passed. So what I like to do is give myself the freedom to explore lines of questioning or take the interview where I think is going to be the most valuable on the fly. And then when I do my introduction later, I can make sure to actually mention what has been in the podcast episode because it's already happened. So just to recap on that, if I record my introduction after I've already recorded the interview with a guest, I know exactly what's in that episode and I can do a really good job at creating an introduction that will give people or my audience enough about what's coming in the episode itself. The second thing is I know that creating a great introduction and almost, I don't want to say teasing, but letting people know what's coming in this episode and what they have to look forward to makes a big difference when it comes to consumption. So when you just have your jingle and it goes into the interview, the people that are listening to your podcast have got no idea what is coming. They've got no idea what's going to be in the interview and they just have to take it on your word that they're going to like what's uh, down the road. But from my perspective, if in the first couple of minutes I can and tell people specifics of what's coming, I can either have them define this is a podcast episode for me and I want to listen to it, or this isn't for me and I could go do something else. I'm very respectful of my audience's time. The next component is if you've listened to any of my introductions, probably the introduction to this episode or any of the other ones, I also do promote things in my introduction. And when I say promote, I never forcibly try and sell or do anything sleazy, but I always like to let my audience know how I can help them further or what things I've made that they may be interested in. So for example, in this one here, someone's asked about why I do a custom introduction. And if a podcaster out there wants to start doing a custom intro for each podcast episode, like I've made a template for that and a framework. So if you go to the Vela Media website and download that, then you can start using it. And I think it's a really good way to help people enhance the experience they want to have with your podcast. And of course, I'm not going to dance around this. This is one of the ways we generate leads. So people that download that, that they become a lead in our business and it's someone we're going to communicate with and hopefully help them further with our pod or their podcast 
podcast because that's what we want to do as a business. My business is all around making sure podcasters can succeed, have bigger shows, and just really get the success out of podcasting that they want to get. And if I can help them do that, that's what likes me up. That's what is going to make my day. So that's why I do a custom intro. That's how it all comes into play there. Yes, I think every podcaster should be doing a custom intro so they can really help their audience know if this episode is going to be one that they want to listen to themselves. What podcast hosting do you use and does podcast hosting really matter? And this is a question I get often and I'll start with the first part. I use Omni for my podcast hosting. They've been fantastic. The thing that really gets me over the line with Omni is how good their support is. If I ever have a problem and I email them or go on their live chat, we always get it resolved within 24 hours. Some of the other hosting platforms I've had to deal with haven't been as good to work with and it's particularly frustrating if a client at Media is using a different host and then working with the support is delaying things happening from their podcast. So I guess leading into the next point, something I really value when it comes to a podcast host is the support. This is an industry that's rapidly changing. There are new podcast platforms coming out or different things that need to be done to meet compliance on these podcast platforms. And I want to know my host has got my back. And I think that makes a huge difference. So for example, uh, this is going back a while ago now, but when we started putting shows on Spotify, Omni made it really easy to get that done and made my life easier easy with loading multiple clients onto Spotify and I thought they did a really good job. So the support is a winner there. The other thing when it comes to podcast hosting that I think is very important is also what analytics and tracking you get. And I think a big difference I'm noticing between the podcast hosting platforms is you get a very different dashboard and you get very different data depending on which host you use for. And then the last component I think is really important to consider when you're picking a hosting or what the difference is with these hosting providers is what the storage options are. Now, I'll go into an example here. I have a friend who has a very big podcast and when they were on a certain host, they were limited by bandwidth, which meant they had like 300 or 400 episodes on iTunes, but it was only displaying the last 100. So it was severely restricting the amount of downloads that were coming to this show each and every month just because of what hosting provider they used. So to think about it like this, when I'm looking at hosting platforms, the number one thing I want is good support. If I'm ever going to need anything uh, from my host, I want to know that they can turn it around quickly. They communicate well. I value that highly because if something happens or when it happens, that makes a huge difference. The second thing I value with the hosting companies is how I receive my data and what it looks like as an analytics platform. I want as much data as, and tracking as I can get. I want to know the most about my audience that I can get from the information we have so I can serve them better. Some of the lower tier um, podcast hosting providers do not provide good data at all. They might not give you subscribers or they might not give you locations. And I think they're the things to really be considered of that I would really hedge against from there. And then lastly, as I mentioned, there is bandwidth. Are they going to put all my podcast episodes live on all the channels? Do they have the bandwidth and storage space to work with? So when my show gets bigger, they're going to have room for me. Now, I will just say I've referenced Omni already. I think they're a fantastic provider, but there are some other good ones out there as well. The two I use mostly and have the least problems with are Omni and Libsyn. So if you're starting out or you can considering which hosting provider to use, they would be the two I would recommend. Omni is a touch more expensive than Libsyn, but 
in my mind, it's kind of worth it. So if you're looking at a host or which host to use, those would be the two ones that I recommend um, and are happy for other people to use. And I use them myself. Is it worth doing three episodes of my podcast per week? And what a great question that is. And I want to tell a story with this one because I think it will emphasize it. And then I'll go into some more specifics. In my very first podcast, going back many years ago, we were doing one podcast per week. And we made the decision that we were going to do two podcasts per week to actually grow the podcast further. And we did that for a number of months. I'm talking maybe six months. We doubled up our production. And even at one stage, we were doing three a week to really pump out the volume. And when I logged into my analytics, um, I would go into there and I could see that our downloads had increased significantly. Because we were making so much more content, the download numbers had doubled and in some cases gone up a little bit more when we're doing those three episodes a week. But something I noticed on the back of this is that we weren't necessarily seeing an increased result in business from it. So while our download numbers were flying up, our email list wasn't growing any faster, our leads coming into the business weren't growing any faster, and our sales weren't going up. And eventually, after a while, I was like, what's going on here? Because I kind of expected that if we were doing more episodes per week and releasing more podcast episodes per week, that we would see an increased result in those areas of the business because for me, my podcast, the purpose of it was to drive leads and sales into my business. I was like, why isn't this happening? What's going on here? And what I realized is, is that People who were subscribed to the show, yes, they were actually getting more content from us. Some people were consuming more content from us, but overall, our consumption hadn't increased that much. It was just a lot of the same people listening to more of us, and it wasn't necessarily driving the important metrics. So overwhelmingly, when someone says to me, I'm thinking about you know doing more episodes per week, I would ask them why. Why are you planning to do more episodes per week? Because if you're trying to grow your show, it might not actually be the best way to go about it. Instead of doing multiple episodes per week, actually what you should be doing is focusing on increasing the quality of your episode per week. So making a higher quality piece of content each and every week, and that would be getting you a better result. Or perhaps it's because you're not promoting your podcast very well. So if you want to grow your show, instead of just making more content, and thinking that that's the solution to growing your podcast, you might need to do a better job at ensuring it's reaching your target audience. And this is probably one that happens a lot. I see a lot of podcasters who are very lazy with promotion. They might make an episode and publish it. They might send an email or publish some things on social, but they haven't necessarily worked out a game plan or a strategy for promotion, which I think lets most podcasters down. And I will say this, no one in today's environment is going to find your podcast by accident just publishing on iTunes or just publishing uh, to people that have already subscribed to your show is not enough anymore. At the time of making this podcast, it's 2020. And I would think this is the wake up call to a lot of podcasters that you need to put a lot more effort into how you're going to promote your show and how you're going to actively reach new uh, listeners or viewers if you're doing video. So when it comes to this, I really think that one to two episodes per week is the sweet spot. Any more than that, and I think you are asking your con- uh, audience to consume more content than they maybe want to, 
And I would also think that you could use your resources better. I really think for a lot of business owners, one piece of content per week that's done properly is all they need to do, but they do need to promote that properly and then leverage that podcast properly to get a result that will drive things in their business. More content is not the answer. And I'll, I'll just mention this as well, is I think we've gotten to a time in content marketing where a lot of people think volume is the game. Well, if I just make more stuff, that's what will make me more successful. And when you think about that logically, that's just not a good move. That's not a good idea. If your quality of your episodes isn't that great or isn't meeting the expectations of your audience, then if you pump up that volume, all you're going to do is disappoint them further or drive people away faster. So I think what podcasters really need to think about is it's not a volume game. It's a quality game. And if you focus on improving the quality of your content and promoting that well, you are likely to see significantly improved results in your podcast and the results that drive your business from your podcast. Okay, that's it for this round of q and I've really enjoyed this and I think a lot of these questions will help many listeners of the show really accelerate their podcast. Now, if you do have a question, these types of episodes is something I'm going to be doing more regularly. Please make sure you send them in to me and I will answer them on the air. Now, my email is charlie at valamedia.com. We'll make sure to include that in the description of this show. Email me direct. Let me know what your biggest challenges are in podcasting and how I can help you accelerate your show. So this is it for this episode of The Business of Podcasting.